Join the big show Thursday from 3 to 6 at Murdoch Hyundai at 452 Linden Park Drive in Linden. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Utes to the title game. Lee Corso making the pick on game day. We had Frank Dolce on earlier this morning. He was watching as it happened and admitted he was a little surprised to see not just the Utes in the playoff and then taking down second seed of Clemson as a three seed. So, the question's up on our Facebook page. The esteemed Lee Corso is picking Utah versus Alabama for the whole enchilada. How tasty is that, PKS? <laughs> super tasty. You're getting a lot of super tasty responses here, PK. Super okay. tasty. Grab the phone. You getting? Hey, is anyone using the app this morning, Yak? Or is it Monday and they're taking the day off? Give they haven't been about weekend. Lee Corso, but they've been about the rival. We got a couple of those we can go through. All right, uh, hit us up. Grab the app. Use your use your phone. Use the app. Use the open mic feature and uh, send us your 15 second take. Eric said, uh, he said that on Saturday on game day. He has his beating Clemson to get there. Just shaking his head. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. Uh, Tyler says, well, that would be fun. Thank you, Tyler. It would be. I'm with you, PK. The national media likes Utah and DJ hates them. It's usually the other way around. Shaking my head. Getting a lot of SMHs this morning. Right. That's why, I, I, for the first time ever, I don't want to be associated with you in our, the name of our show. Uh, and I expect I'm going to have a meeting with uh, with higher-ups today, and we're going to have to figure out something here because you're embarrassing me. You just act like it's preposterous, knowing full well you're the guy who looks at numbers and tries to create trends and goes with trends. And here there's always been a team outside the four, the top ten of the four who's gotten in. And so when you look at it, I say, why not Utah? You say, why Utah? Some people ask, how can my country help me? I ask, how can I help my country? I think that's the difference between me and you. Kind of plagiarized JFK there, but that wasn't bad. Blake. Acknowledging that he made that statement, yes. Blake, I don't even like college football, but just to hear Utah fans for a week, I'm praying hard they take an L week one. Man, that'd be fun to listen to. That'd be fun either way. No matter what happens, it'll be fun. Uh, That's the beauty of the rivalry game. uh, For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it's going to be fun either way. But these are preseason predictions, and when you look at it, it it makes sense. If you're going to pick Utah, I don't think it's that outlandish if you're going to go with the theory that there's one of the four outside the ten. If you look at it from those parameters – I say, why not Utah? They they would be just as deserving as anybody else outside of the preseason ten to be that team to get in there. That's that's what I don't understand. Why is this so outrageous? If you go with that parameter that there's always one team outside of the preseason top ten that gets in, if you put it in that context, then they they are just as deserving as any other team. That feels, uh, I don't know, twice removed from reality would be uh, too strong. But they're preseason predictions. They're all that to a degree outside of the traditional Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio (laughs) Ohio State. State. We're getting to the point where college football in that way has become completely and totally boring. Yeah, we for a long time we had three divisions, and now the power, power Five and Group of Five have splits, and it feels like separate divisions. And then inside Power Five, it feels like there's somewhere between half a dozen and a dozen programs that have split away from everybody else. And 
there's a ton of Power 5 schools that don't feel like they have anything to do or anything in common with Ohio State and Oklahoma and Notre Dame and Alabama and Georgia and Clemson. I don't know who else you want to put in that group of six. Maybe LSU can play their way into that group this year. I know there's speculation about them. Uh, I think Washington. There's a couple other teams, you know, Texas and Notre Dame, uh, maybe even Michigan, but uh, not not that many. So you've got to go on the premise that there's a team outside the group that gets in. And I think if you go on that premise, you can see it. That That's where I think that it's anybody – Anybody's ball game. If you go beyond the top ten, and in that respect, the Utes are just as deserving. Recognizing it's nothing more than a preseason prediction. Jordan says my only problem with that prediction is that Lee Corso hasn't beaten Clemson. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: Clemson will hang forty plus on Utah and win by twenty plus. So with all this great defense that they could still, this great defense really is only a great defense against competition that they can handle, not against great competition? I don't know that they faced anyone as explosive as Clemson, but I think a year ago the one, the team that certainly was loaded at skill positions was ASU, and ASU went to town on them. ASU had a big day. You know, and they got a number one pick out there at wide receiver and they had a senior quarterback and had a really good running back yeah well, I can argue with that we all know what, yeah. what happened so, that's yeah I think that's the, that's the argument to, uh, to back up his Clemson will get 40 because those teams are loaded Jerry says love it don't shy away from preseason hype USC, Michigan, Auburn and Texas are thought of very highly they get a ton of coverage and help recruiting from the media, even though they rarely do anything special. This could build for next year and make Utah an actual power. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. I think it's it's not a completely a one-shot deal, but it is this year. And then we'll regroup and see where we're at next year. Certainly they'll need a new quarterback. They'll need a new star running back. And... Well, they're going to take a hit on the D-line and in the secondary as well, although at those positions, maybe they can reload on the fly. I don't think they could be as good. You can reload, but I don't think you can be as good. It's all geared up for this year. I'm not even worried about next year. Come on, we haven't played a game this year, and we're talking about next year? That make any sense. What nincompoops are out there this morning? Give me a break. Oh, we got a guy here who says it's really a shame that most of my fellow Utes do not have the ability to appreciate this. We seem to loathe preseason hype almost as much as BYU fans seem to love it. But I for, one, no sense. I, 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 for one, love that we're being talked about on a national level. It's good for of the course. program. Yes, that's my whole point. Revel in it. Embrace it. You should embrace it 100%. You don't know that it's going to come around again to this level. And if you don't meet it, eh, no one's going to remember. Oh, man, Corso. Wow. You see, man, he really blew that prediction. <laughs> no, the, they're, when we get to December, they're going to be talking about the four teams that are in, not the team that Lee Corso, of all people, picked in August that didn't get in. So it's like you got a no-lose situation. Embrace it. You're not going to have this very often. It's like I said with the Final Four. 
You saw Stanford and Utah fans running around like crazy, having the time of their lives. And Kentucky and North Carolina fans, no. It was just old hat. It wasn't about getting to the Final Four. It was about winning the whole thing, which obviously Kentucky did. That's what they expect. Here, Utah is on that level of that Final Four to where they aren't expected to be knocking down this door every year. So just run with it. Embrace it. Have fun with it, man. This is what you live for, and now you're there. you got to go get it done. If you get it done, it's even better. If you don't get it done, you're still on target to have a really good season, right? Yeah, 10-2 would be a really good season. 10-2, I think, puts you in the Pac-12 title game. You're still playing for the Rose Bowl. And Udinez says the national champs talk is nice, but realistically, we're going for roses. Yeah, and I'm telling you, from having had firsthand experience, if your team's running out of that tunnel on January 1 at uh, 2.30 and you see the Ute Red, it'll be the greatest moment that the sports program at Utah has ever had. It, there's nothing like it. It is. It'll simply be the best. You'll feel a swell of pride. There'll be 50,000 Ute fans there, if not more, and it'll be the greatest thing ever. And so if you don't get into the dog and pony show that sometimes can be this playoff, so what? If you're running out of the tunnel for the Rose Bowl, it's huge. Now, if you're running out of the tunnel for everything else, I wouldn't be surprised if you lost because <laughs> that, that's a little bit of a come down when you're talking Rose and you've got to go nothing against Holiday or Alamo or whomever, whatever bowl. Uh, it's just not the same. So you got this opportunity here for Rose, and if you cash in on it, then it would be awesome, even if you didn't get in the playoff. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All the stuff we've been talking about this show coming up next. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Indianapolis Colt quarterback Andrew Luck stunning the football world, announcing his retirement. Colts have att- could have attempted to recoup almost $25 million from Luck in signing bonuses and roster bonuses, but they reached a settlement and Indy will not reclaim the money. Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon will be eligible for the season opener against Pittsburgh. On September 8th, he was removed from the team's non-football injury list. Houston Texans running back Lamar Miller tearing the ACL in his left knee in a preseason game with the Cowboys. Saturday is out for the season. BYU's second game is at Tennessee, and the Volunteers' starting cornerback Bryce Thompson was arrested on a charge of misdemeanor domestic assault stemming from an incident involving a woman Saturday night at a campus dorm. Head coach Jeremy Pruitt is expected to address Thompson's status today during his weekly press conference at F. Tennessee's season opener with Georgia State on Saturday. Kyle Kuzma was the final cut by Greg Popovich as the U.S. prepares for the FIBA World Cup that begins later this week in China. Kuzma with an ankle injury. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to five grand back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. Three, two, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. 
as we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Listen, my BYU Cougars are going to win. Why? Because they're going to score more points than them school up north. Listen, I don't care what it takes. These boys have got to get it done. We all know BYU should have won that game in November. Now even Hans says BYU has the best QB and the best O-line in the state. I've been a BYU fan since 1972. BYU is the chosen team and is supposed to win these games. The chosen team. That's a drop right there, Yach. Peel that out for us. Make that happen. DJ and PK, time to catch all of you who are arriving a little late to the show up on everything we have been talking about today. And it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. All right, PK. BYU is the chosen team in his a little tighter on the end, but you're getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> All right, PK, you've had a lot of takes about college football. For the folks arriving late to the show, give them one take they should take into the office, and they'll look really smart today. One thing you absolutely believe. Lee Course was a genius. <laughs> He's ahead of his time, which is very difficult at his age. But nevertheless, that's where he is. Because... Because he's, he's decided, knowing that there's always a team outside the top ten that gets in. So he's looking at the teams outside the top ten, and he has broken it down. He's investigated. He's researched. And he came to the logical conclusion, defense wins championships. And look at the defense. Look at the defense of the Utes of the teams not in the top ten. Their defense has got to rank with any of those other teams. So he bases that on the logical conclusion. And you look at the offense of Andy Ludwig, who's a proven coordinator and knows how to work with Kyle, and look at his – historically, his offenses from when he was not there to when he got there, they get better when he's there. So you feel all those in, man. Yeah, exactly. So you feel a lot different than you did when you were talking about, well, they got a quarterback who beats the bad teams, but doesn't have a very good record against the good teams. The question marks at the O-line and the receivers haven't really looked like big play guys. All that goes away and Andy Ludwig answers all those questions. I just said you look at the teams outside the top 10 defense winning titles. Whose defense is better? Yes, they're going to need some production on offense. That's for sure. But the base of the, the program, universally, historically, is the defense. So if the, if the offense can do what it needs to do, then they got a shot. If the offense doesn't, well, then it's going to be the same type of thing. I, I, not maybe the same type of thing. Maybe they aren't as good as they potentially could be, but they're going to be good. We talked Sunday night on Talking Sports. I had the Utes at 10-2. and 9-3 and three is more likely than 11-1 and one in my mind. Are you buying it? 
Nine and three is more likely than what? Eleven and one. Ten and two is the number. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I think the Utes are going to do. Ten and two. But if I'm wrong, well, they're probably nine and three. It's probably not because they're eleven and one. Seems like you're making three predictions there. I'm trying to find what. <laughs> well, it's ten and two the most likely. Just stick with the first one. That's what I think. Ten and two. Ten and two can get you in the Rose Bowl. I agree. Ten to two gets you in a Pac-12 title game, and then who are you playing that weekend? How do you match up? Who's healthy? I mean, there's a whole list of things to run down, but we don't even know who the opponent would be, so it's hard to pick that game. I agree. It's useless to pick the right. Pac-12 title. Well, game. Well, and you've got Washington State as your sleeper in the North. That's that's I a do. whole different scheme and a whole different matchup than facing Washington with a a young team that presumably is is talented and is maturing really well, or they wouldn't be in the Pac-12 title game. Or Oregon, more traditional on was on offense than Washington State, but still quarterback, you know, quarterback driven, NFL quality guy. But we don't want Oregon. Can we agree on that? We do <laughs> no, want nobody Oregon. wants Oregon. <laughs> hey, maybe it's a Cinderella shocker. Cal rides that defense. Or Stanford bounces back, even with a lot of injuries. They were 9-4. Oregon Not is just basically away. a hooker. <laughs> Anybody but Oregon. We Not- can go with either the west or the eastern part of Washington. Or I, I, I'm always for Stanford. I'm a huge Stanford guy. Well, you, love, and- you love Shaw. You've interviewed him enough times. And the guy I just... Do. He's just everything you want in a college football coach. He's just spot on. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you say no to Stanford. I really don't. I just, I just, I don't know how anybody would say no. I'm going to pass on what they have to offer. I'm a West Coast guy now, um, and to me, uh, I, I just don't get how you would say no. That would be the number one place to play to to go to school, and they're going to pay for it and everything else, and. I know you know they don't get any money, but man, if they're paying you to get a Stanford education, that sounds like a sweet deal to me. So yeah, I would love to see Stanford in there. Does any number, uh, any one of those teams, uh, can be a worthy representative and give the Utes all that they can handle? And it would kind of be cool if it were Stanford and Oregon, and then the Utes got in there because they don't play either of those teams, right? So it wouldn't be a rematch; it would be a fresh game. I would like to see that too. We had Gary Anderson on, Utah State football coach, getting ready to take his team to Wake Forest. Not excited about all the time they're going to be spending on an airplane going to Wake Forest and LSU. Uh, was talking about home and homes. Wanted to stay Western. Kind of what you've always said about BYU. He kind of just dovetails right in there with Utah State, but doesn't think they're going to be getting home and homes. So I guess uh, money games with Pac-12 schools, followed by money games with Big Sky schools, or Dixie State, as he brought up. That's, that's their, them going forward. For right now, just just a ton of questions for them to answer in their opener as well. For the Aggies, yeah. as far as what they have to, uh, yeah, I mean, offensively, how good is the talent going to be around Jordan Love? I think defensively they should be okay. Special teams, they should be really good. And so how is the talent going to come together? Now, we did talk to him about how they are only listing two starters, but they've had some offensive linemen who've gotten experience. Gerald Bright, he ran for, I think, 888 yards last year. So even though he wasn't necessarily the starter, it's not like he's brand new. And they've been talking up this Warren kid since they first got him. So, I mean, I don't know much about them, but if they're talking about them, I mean, 
<laughs> believe what they're saying. And then you got these grad transfers with a rep at a tight end and a, a Mariner at a receiver. Those guys should be able to step in. I mean, they've, both of those guys, particularly Mariner, has got a, they've got a fair amount of experience. So it's a little bit misleading to say, I mean, technically they may only have two starters back, but they got four or five other guys who've got a fair amount of experience. And then you got a quarterback who was really, really good. What did, what did you say? You said something on Sunday uh, last night about you would go your deal where you pick them, but you'd say they you would pick below rather than above. What, what yeah, if I'm off again, I had uh, I had Utah State at eight and four, and I felt like if I'm wrong, it's probably because they're seven and five, not because they're nine and three. And yeah, you see, and think, you said you went the other yeah. way. You said no, if you're yeah. wrong, they're nine and three. And right. You know they're bringing in a lot of guys, but there are a lot of transfers. Gary told us that they're taking freshmen on the trip to Wake Forest, but they're not going to ask a lot from them. Maybe a series here or there, you know, maybe some special teams or something for some of the guys. Um, and so that a lot of these guys are going to be able to plug and play. And, of course, the question then is, well, can the line do it? Because it's a little different for a receiver than it is a line and, you know, the guy on your left and your guy on your right. you got to be able to hit, pass guys off on delayed blitzes and stunts and twists and all that stuff. So there's a little more to it. But uh, at some of the skill positions, they ought to be able to plug guys in and get pretty good production. Yeah, I just think when you have a quarterback the caliber of Jordan Love, you got to cash in. And they cashed in last year for sure. I mean, what were they, 11-2? and two? And – this year, they've got to do the same thing. I mean, they've got to find a way to get a nine and three. I mean, and looking at uh, well, see about the bowl game. If they if they got a bowl game and got a win, then you're looking at 21 wins out of arguably the best quarterback you've had, and who knows how long. Probably not arguably. Probably a fact. So, with that in mind, to me, seven and five this year would be a disappointment. Eight and four would be okay. Nine and three is a pretty good season. Nine and three is usually always a pretty good season. Very few times you can look at nine and three and say, "Oh, that was a disappointment." Particularly when you got an LSU game on your schedule that you got to play as a road game, no less. So you know most folks track uh, chalk that up as a loss. So you're looking at uh, basically eleven games. Uh, what can you what can you do there? You know, do you have do you have some wins on your schedule that you can guarantee? It's like the Sun Devils. You know, their goal in my mind is to get to seven wins. Well, really, you got to go five and five to get to seven and seven, seven and five. Now, I may say, what are you talking about? Well, they're playing Kent State and Sacramento State to open the season, right? Well, if you can't win those two games, well, then you're not going to get anywhere near what you want, right? So the way I look at it, you take those two out because those two should be wins. So you're just looking at going 5-5. Five and five. That doesn't sound that insurmountable, does it? And it's the same thing here with Utah State's schedule. Well, they're going to take L- – Yeah, they're going to beat Stony Brook, and they're going to lose to LSU. So you're 1-1. One and one. What yeah. are you doing with the other 10 games? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so they should be able to find a way to get eight wins out of that schedule. If you take those two teams out, I think when you got a player of the caliber of Jordan Love, yeah, that's what I think you should be thinking. I, I guess maybe you know it's more than the quarterback. You know, you look at uh, the who who was uh, Baker Mayfield was talking about Daniel Jones last week. He should have won more. I think they uh, uh, what was it? Uh, we were talking to Gary about Wake Forest last year, and they beat the crap out of Duke. <laughs> Yeah, you realize when they played when Wake Forest played Duke last year, you know what that score was? I'm looking at it right now. What is it? Fifty nine to seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a rivalry game. The two private schools in North Carolina. Yeah, they beat them November twenty fourth, fifty nine yeah. to seven. 
maybe we're not uh, valuing Wake Forest as much as we should. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not as curious. I mean, obviously, the number one game this week is is the rivalry game, but I'm looking forward to sitting down in front of the television on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, and watching this game to see what the Aggies got. And you know, we don't, we just. You don't know the ins and outs of Wake Forest. They're so far away, and we don't pay attention to them that much. Right. You read up on them. So, to me, that's a little bit of a trendsetter as far as what to expect from the Aggies. Because yeah. they have a tradition of playing well in these first games, but not necessarily winning them. Long and, tradition. Going back to Gary's yeah. first time around, they had a game yeah. at Oklahoma was pretty good, and they ended up in a 31-24 game there. I remember that. I think there was an A and M game. Auburn. Oh my gosh, they had that thing won. That was that really yeah. felt like it got away. That that was woulda, coulda, shoulda territory big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then last year Michigan State? Uh Wisconsin. Didn't he take a team up there and miss a field goal right at the end? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. there have been several of them. Yeah, right. Mich- Michigan so, State. You know, Wake Forest isn't necessarily on the level of those teams, which means, therefore, then, that you should be able to win. I haven't seen a, uh, a line on that uh, to know who they're favoring. I would think they would favor Wake, but this is a great opportunity for them to, to get off to a good start in this new era. Other things we have talked about, uh, Andrew Luck. Bombshell. We were sitting here on Friday. We had no idea he was about to retire. 29 years old, seven years in the league. Two of them impacted really harshly by injuries. I think, I think one, game, one year he didn't play at all in one. He played one or two games. And uh, he's battling lower leg injuries. And I guess, I guess if you're having problems walking, suddenly football doesn't seem that important. you got 50 years to go, and you're struggling with calf and leg injuries. You've had a lacerated kidney priorities pk he's made a ton of money why go out there and get beat up even more well who's to say in two three years he doesn't change his mind but for right now uh you know you've got to opportunity to do some other things and don't hang on here this is a very violent sport and you've been beating even though you're a big kid for a quarterback I remember man the first time when we we're down there at pac media day and he came on the thing that struck you man he's an enormous kid for a quarterback do you remember that run he had at Stanford where he's like 40, 40 yards downfield and he just blows up some uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. strong safety or something? He just dropped yeah. the Cal kid, ran out of bounds yeah. after like a 55-yard run or something like that? Yeah, and so I'm sure he doesn't reach this decision lightly, but I support it 100% if that's what he wants to do and he feels like it's in the best interest and most likely you know, he made it with input from people who he really respects, maybe even some medical people, who knows, and uh, you know, his parents and whatnot, and, and decided this is what he needed to do. It was best for him. you got a life to live, man. And why, why go ahead and do this, if you don't, especially if you don't need to do it? It's, as you say, he's made a ton of money, so obviously he should be okay financially. There's so much more out there, and if you have these injury situations, injuries has taken a lot of guys out of the game. You know, there's just no question about that. We've seen it. We've seen it at the high school level. We see it at the college level. And they're nothing to be messing around with because most of the time they're serious injuries. And I never played big-time college football, so I couldn't relate to that. But I can understand, when, especially when he speaks and he talks about these things. These are things that you have to take seriously. So I, I applaud him. Go ahead and do other things. And You're only 29 years old, but... You know, you're going to wake up and you're going to be 45 here soon. It's going to come before you know it. It always does. 
And on the other end of that injury spectrum, man, why do players hate preseason games? Lamar Miller, Texans running back. It's week three, so it's when you play your starters the most, and he tears the ACL in his left knee in a preseason game of the Cowboys. He is out for the year. That is that is brutal. No wonder players hate preseason games. Uh, yeah. It's, it seems like they should be playing no more than two of them. I've been saying it now for years. I wouldn't increase the season to 18 games. I would keep it at 16, but I'd reduce the half of the preseason games. you get, you got to have some contact. That's just the nature of it. You can't just be in a bubble the entire time. So you got to get out there somehow. But that's the nature of this game, man. Basketball Team USA 78-game win streak is over. Joe Ingles, an Australian, in front of 52,000. They closed the dome at a uh, in a stadium in Melbourne down there. Marvel Stadium. Marvel Stadium. Marvel with a V or yeah, Marvel with a B? Actual Mar- it's like Marvel, the company, is sponsoring yeah. it. They beat Donovan Mitchell in the U.S. Now, PK, you assured us we were always going to win gold in these tournaments, but have there been so many guys leaving the U.S. team and opting not to play that now defeat is inevitable? Well, I think I was talking about Olympics. Okay. Specifically. I'm not talking about some exhibition game in Australia. (laughs) Right, and I'm not particularly, I mean, I get that, but the World Cup is the second most important tournament to Americans. I guess for some of these countries, they consider it the most important. it's There's only the one second. important. There's no second. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the second most. Uh, I mean, come on. Did, did, did Donovan Mitchell grow up dreaming? Man, I want to win the World Cup in basketball. That's what it's about, man. I'm going to go to Louisville, and they're going to get me ready, and then I'm going to play in the NBA. So I have the best opportunity to win the World Cup, huh? No, Americans but now, don't even know what that's about. But now that now that you're there, and it's on TV, and we watch it, and it's. Uh, you know, some guys off this team will play well and end up in the Olympics. And he might have dreamed of playing in the Olympics, so this is your chance. This is a step away. Be good. Yeah, well, for the secondary guys, there was a couple of guys in there I didn't even recognize their names. I think, who are you, Derek White? We're beyond secondary guys in some cases now. Yeah. There have been a lot of guys pulling out. I'm out! Right. So, uh, if it's the Olympics... Then you got me. This other stuff here, it's all preliminaries. All right. Uh, college football kicked off. Did you, as an ASU fan, did you love seeing U of A come up a yard short? The Mountain West uh, beats the Pac-12. Yeah, I was conflicted, you know, because I root for the Pac-12. But it's also the U of A. And so it's hard for me to drum up some emotion positively. Although I do, I root for uh, Khalil Tate. I think he is a great young man, and he's an exciting player. I like watching him play. He he is an entertaining fellow to play football. So I was sort of hoping he got that yard, but at the same time I was hoping he didn't. But in the end, my rooting interest has no bearing on the thing. Uh, you know, I don't want to see the Pac-12 bomb. But I don't think Arizona going out to Hawaii and losing the game by a yard is really going to be a significant blow to the conference. Nope. If we've learned anything, conferences are defined by the strength of their best team, at most the three or four best teams. And Arizona, who's, I don't know what they are, ninth or tenth in the conference probably, preseason predictions, uh, pretty much backed up by what we saw with the defense still really struggling. They gave up almost 600 yards. I think it was 595. Yeah. They only forced one punt. They forced one field goal. They gave up six touchdowns and forced six turnovers. And they were <laughs> it was the a weird benefit, game. 
the beneficiary of six turnovers. There was a stretch there. What, uh, Hawaii had ten possessions, five TDs, and five turnovers? Split evenly. That was amazing. How many times did you see that? And then they still managed to win the game? Oh, my gosh. All right, DJ and PK, that's a lot of what we've been talking about today. And coming up next, your feedback, your tweets. Uh, there's some more uh, audio coming in, and y'all can grab it right now. If you pick up your phone, use the open mic on the app. Send it our way. We'll get to that next. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. My biggest concern is Kalani knows how important this game is to not only him, but to a staff that has lost this game a few years running and a university that has lost this game nine years running in yeah. eight games. My worry is if the outcome is poor. Yeah, what it means for the rest of the season. What it means for the rest yeah. of the season. I could see BYU going 0-4 in that four-game stretch if they lose to Utah and if they lose badly to Utah. I agree. If they beat Utah, I think they're going 2-2. Two and two. I think they'll pick up another win against USC or Tennessee. This game is so big for BYU. Utah can deal with this. Either way, Utah can deal with this. So a loss impacts BYU far more than it does Utah. Far more than it does Utah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. If I was Whittingham, I wouldn't let the media in either. Who wants the big secret getting out that they're going to run the ball this season? As a proud Sun Devil, I plan to be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium wearing my royal blue this Thursday. Let's go, Cougs. The only way BYU is going to beat Utah is if Utah's bus breaks down on the way to Provo and they have to forfeit the game. Rebelry week, baby! Go, I don't know how you've done it. Somehow you've convinced me that you can win this game. It happens every year. But I'm sure this Thursday, you're probably going to lose again. BYU is the chosen team. Give me a break. Yeah, chosen to lose. Guys, nine is coming. It's inevitable. I'm so sorry. I, well, I'm not sorry. I don't feel bad. Deal with it. Chosen to lose? That was good. And who was that before that who was just hollering and screaming? Name's Joshua. Joshua, that was pretty good. That got me going. I like that. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback. It is uh, brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Got a lot of people tweeting at us here this morning. A lot of reaction to <laughs> a lot of reaction to uh, the game day pick by Lee Corso to send the Utes not just to the playoff, but as a three seed to beat Clemson and go to the final. Blake, I don't like college football, but just to hear Utah fans for a week, I'm praying hard they take an L week one. And Ed tweeted back at him. You're pure evil. Little purple devil emoji. Yes. Praying hard. So if you casually pray, it's not going to matter. But if you pray hard. You need the veins to stick out of your forehead and your neck. I've never done that. You're not praying hard enough. Probably not. More people tweeting at us here this morning. Uh, How tasty is Lee Corso's pick? Well, it tastes delicious, but even me as a fan, even I'm taking it day by day and week by week. One game at a time, one day at a time. Fine, do that. 
Mara says, yeah, he picked the Utes in the final, but didn't he pick Arizona to beat Hawaii at the same time? So he's due to be right. <laughs> he's got an answer for everything. <laughs> he's due to be right. And he messed up his Miami-Florida pick. He said one team and put the, put the mascot head on from another. Ah, that's all Florida. What's the difference? <laughs> Jimmy says, you know, I hope those Utah guys do win the Pac-12 championship. But first, I hope they lose that opener. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's fine. Would Kyle trade that, lose the opener, but go to the Rose Bowl? I would. 12-1 and in Pasadena, baby. Yeah, that's me. I would do it. And I'm with you, PK, Cam says. The national media likes Utah and DJ hates them. (laughs) <laughs> Usually I, I, the other obvious. way around, shaking my yeah. head. Yeah, me too. All right, anything else you want to tell the people before we head on out of here? I just love them dearly. Look forward to talking to them again, again tomorrow. All right, we'll do it again tomorrow morning, 6 to 10. Tony and Austin are coming up next.